And it's hard. It's hard. We acknowledge that. Yeah. It's hard to tell someone basically you're wrong. Yeah. But that's why I really hold to disarm and deconstruct. Because if you disarm them and if you let them know that you are right there with them in wrongness, mm-hmm. then it feels less like me against you and more like me and you against the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that gets a lot more traction than if it's me against you. Welcome back to Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are continuing our discussion on apologetics and expanding our evangelism toolkit with help from Holly's book, Searching for God. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn about the guests in the series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. Now let's begin today's study. So we talked about why it's uncomfortable to tell people that they're wrong. It seems to fly in the face of the humility that we're called to embrace. It is confrontational, which is uncomfortable. It can lead us to places where we feel out of our depth. Like, I know you're wrong on this, but if you press me, I'm going to fall off the cliff. Why is it important to gently steer people to truth? I'm not, I'm going to stop using the word wrong. Why is it important to gently steer people to truth without alienating them? And, and if that means that they uncover that they were wrong, that in relationship, is that something that is kind and loving to do? I think yes, because it's making me think about um, at my church at school, we were talking about like last Sunday was a sermon on hell, which was horrible, but it was really good. Um, How was it horrible and really good? Because I think you're getting to the heart of what we're asking here. So (laughs) convicting and like, oh my gosh, like, and like, so scary. It was like, like, I think this is the perfect example. That pastor was the perfect example of what you're saying of he was speaking the truth to me, Mm -hmm. but I like, it was like a hard truth to have to speak to someone. I applaud him for that because that's Mm -hmm. like a, imagine being a pastor and being like, I'm going to do this, you know, like that is like, why is it important that he did it? Because why can't we just sweep it under the carpet and be like, Ooh, that's hard. Let's not. I think in the moment it's like, I'm like, why are you doing this to me? But it's more, it's ultimately more loving to expose those truths to me because he doesn't want me to go to hell. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go there. It's so important to speak the truth to people that you love because even for the simple fact of I don't want them to go to hell, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I want them to have the life that I believe that they will have Mm -hmm. if they are in Christ. Mm -hmm. In the moment, it's like so uncomfortable to do, Mm -hmm. but it's like so beneficial I think. Yeah. So the Bible says God disciplines those he loves. We don't want to be thinking about being the agent of discipline in the life of a seeker or skeptic, but that concept carries into this because if I love you, I want better for you than what you're experiencing while you're living in untruth. And it's not just about the afterlife. It's also about the life we live right here. I mean, a, a lot of times inside the context of a marriage or inti- inside the context of a family, parent, child, or child, parent. I mean, my kids have certainly brought truth to me about myself and my behavior that that is hard for me to hear. So has my husband. 
that, but it's, I need to hear it because I, because I want to do better. I want to be better. I don't want to be like that. And if I'm not, if I'm not able to see the truth, then someone should point that out to me gently. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and here's the thing. And because I'm, I'm saying this, I know everybody, everybody has experienced something. If you're loved, then you've experienced this mm-hmm. because somebody loves you enough mm-hmm. to say, dude, no, no. Yeah. And, and when we experience that, it's uncomfortable. We don't enjoy it. But in the end, it makes me a better person. And as a Christian, it makes me a better witness. And so that's important. That's inside the context of our faith. In the, in the context of a seeker or skeptics who, who's not yet in the faith, who hasn't come into the house yet, they're still on the sidewalk. It's important. Why? Why is it important for them to hear the truth? Yes, in an eternal way. We've already acknowledged that. Are there other ways that it's important for them to hear the truth? I think like... Me and my friends at at school always talk about this, like, if we have an issue with something that's happening, it's hard for us to be like, oh, I have a responsibility to tell them that this is wrong. It's, it's easier to, and this is what we always say, like, it's like, we're doing, I'm doing you a disservice by not telling you what I know is wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. like, if I see you doing wrong, Mm -hmm. my roommates stay, say stuff to me all the time. And I'm like, you're right. Because it would have been a disservice to me for you to see it and not say something. Mm -hmm. It's damaging behaviors. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't want to enable anyone in behaviors that are not what I know and believe that they can. Yeah. So if you love someone, you want better for them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So going just a different way, I, I, I want to get back to your, your actual question, but going a different way with this is, I want to say it's low-hanging fruit. Um, it's If we believe the truth, it's our job. So he has commissioned this to us mm-hmm. to rebuke mm-hmm. those who are in the house and to go out and speak to those who aren't. Yeah. And so if we believe what he is saying is true and we hold fast to the fact that this is truth, then he tells us i want to say commands i want to be nice but right i would right the truth is is that he does he demands us to go out and just share this with other people uh and i think it's because of his goodness that he demands that we go out and not because he is cruel or because he wants everyone to believe they're wrong well, he's saying don't be selfish and keep it to yourself right. yeah. this is for everyone right. yeah. get out there and yeah, make sure right. that you've done your part right yeah why is it important to to be truth tellers if for the simple fact that it's biblical and we like for us why is it important because it's in the bible that's what we right, follow right and it's hard it's hard we acknowledge that yeah. it's hard to tell someone basically you're wrong yeah but that's why i really hold to disarm and deconstruct because if you disarm them and if you let them know that you are right there with them in wrongness mm-hmm. then it feels less like me against you and more like me and you against the problem yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And that gets a lot more traction than if it's me against you. Yeah. More about wrong stuff. Yeah, I was just, this was making me think about, I think earlier we were talking about like why, um, well, like the question, like why is it loving to tell people the truth and also like how to tell people the truth and love. And then I was also thinking about um, even back to like relativism and how like, I think American Christianity is very soft a lot of the times. Um, and there's a lot of churches that are like, they aren't like hard pressed to follow the gospel. Like they kind of just like, they're like, they, they, it's under the pretense that it's like accepting of everybody. Yep. Um, and that literally is like the entire book of first Corinthians. That's what that is about. Like, cause Paul is telling them, he's like in the first couple of chapters, he like really goes in hard to them and is like, you say that you are loving these people, but you are letting them do whatever they want. And he was like, and another reason it's really applicable to American culture is cause that, 
church also was mainly the issue with sexual immorality. And he was saying, like, you are letting these people do whatever they want, and it's, like, destroying the church. Mm -hmm. And you're saying it because you say that it's because you love them and you want them to be happy. But yeah. he's, And then he sets it up, and then it's, like, with one of his most famous chapters is how he closes it by saying, like, that isn't what love is. This is what love is. Yep. And, like, if you love them, you will tell them the truth. Well, what is love? And then he, love is patient, like all of that. Yeah. And that's like where it ties in with what you were saying, like how like being loving and telling the truth go hand in hand is because he does say that like in chapter 12, he says like, if I say all these things, but I don't have love, like I, I it doesn't mean anything yep. either. Like, yep. so he does tell them, he's telling them really like hard truths about their church and about the way that the people there are living. And he says very explicitly that it's wrong. But he's saying, I'm telling you this because I love you. Yes. And like my love is kind of like the reason why you should trust that what I'm saying. Cause yeah. Because like I really care about yeah, you. Yeah, because there was already a relationship. Yeah, like mm -hmm. he knew them. He was very close to yep. their church. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Lane. That's good. So we agree that we are called to speak the truth in love. And that sometimes that means directing someone away from an untruth into a truth. And I'm, I'm avoiding the word wrong. Your thinking is wrong. That's not the way to say it. We have to say it more gently, mm -hmm. um, more disarmingly with humility, vulnerability. Again, one of the tactics I use a lot is I, I, I struggle with that same question. And can I share with you my journey to the answer that satisfied me? That's a really disarming way yeah. to introduce because I've, I've taken the, the ownership on myself of like, I struggled with that question. Here's what satisfied me. It has nothing. I'm not laying it on you. You take it or leave it. That question kind of hits two of our main problems that we were having with speaking the truth in love is like the the humility aspect. As yeah, well. like if you bring in your own personal experience, that does yeah. make it more like clear that you aren't being like, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm better than you. Yeah. Like you're like, I struggled with this as well. Yeah. By, by giving vulnerability first, you invite vulnerability yeah, from the other so person. True. It's easier. Like if you want, if you're wanting to open up, it's so much easier when they've, when done they've already first. done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say that also like the closer, like even for me, the closer that I am with someone, it's also like the easier it is for them to be like, just like extremely blunt, like not even like, the, uh, cause I have like friends that I'm really close to who will be like, no, like you're literally wrong. Like that's not like, that's not the truth. That's not what the Bible says. This is a sin. And I'll be like, well, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Like, yeah. and, and that's like love that, you, that you, but you yeah. know, that's loving. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. Like the closer that you get to someone, then like you have more of a, um, you have, I call it relational like, currency. Yeah, yeah. To like be got some currency blunt. in the bank. If it's a stranger, you can't just be like, mm -hmm. you're going to hell. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. about to say, I think we're, now I mean, you can, but it's not good. Well, yeah. Like you can say that, but feel free. I feel like now we're talking about. As before, we were talking about more like evangelism. Now we're talking about like within Christian. Within like a Christian mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's when you can be. But if when it is like someone that is like a skeptic, a non-believer, yeah. that's when I do think it is more important to be a little less blunt. Yeah. And but also yeah. just like play it like, like again, like you know your relationships with yeah. people because I have people who aren't Christians, I feel like I can just tell them that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they'll be like, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. And then so there are people that like, will get like extremely defensive and yep. like, it will destroy the relationship. Yeah. So you have to like, 
So I'm going to let Kathy speak into it because you have a recent experience, relatively recent, of being on the other side of that. Like, give us practical ways that someone who was in your position could be or you were disarmed and made more soft, soften the heart. But wait, while you think about that, let me say before I forget, number one way to soften the heart. Anybody? Prayer. Because we we don't want to get into the space where we have like a checklist that we have that we're like, well, I'm going to check this list with you, Mm non-believer. And then when I get to the bottom of my checklist, you're going to be... You're going to be a Christian. Prayer, (laughs) prayer, prayer. And God's going to do what he's going to do. It's really not on us. I just thought I'd interject that because we're talking about this. We we just, I felt like there was some momentum in what can we do? We're not doing any of this. We are instruments in the Father's hands. We should be well-tuned, well-cleaned, well-cared-for instruments who play the notes properly when he plays them. By being prepared, understanding our milestones in the conversations, but the ultimate result is up to him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're talking about my conversion experience. I mean, I'm so talking. Yeah, I, I am talking. I mean, I'm ta- I'm not talking about that moment per se. Right. I'm talking about you putting yourself in the mindset of your former self mm-hmm. and saying, "What are some questions or ways that people could have disarmed you?" Or um, so I'm really d- a difficult person. And uh, I don't know if anyone could have disarmed me. Mm. So I was invited into a group. Uh, The person who originally spoke to me spoke to me about what was happening in my life at the moment, which I was having problems with my kids. Mm -hmm. And so she spoke directly into that. Oh, you're having problems with your kids? Oh, it would be great if you came here with kids. Okay, wait. Let me pause you. Because you're saying you're difficult and you would have been difficult to disarm. But what I know about you is you're also highly relational. Yes. And so that person, maybe by God's grace, was able to, like God said to that person or put on that person's heart, here's how we get to Kathy. Right. Inviting someone into fellowship, relationship. There was food there. Yeah. Really miraculous because Mm -hmm. I love food. Yeah. And I'm really like, wow, food and babysitting. And it was like, oh. So it was really great. And so, but through that experience, it was years through that experience so that was the way she sort of disarmed me from the very beginning okay let me call out another thing Mm -hmm. there were practical life helps for you yes that person said how can i be a practical Mm -hmm. friend to kathy and that is huge we should stop on that for a long minute and say if we're if our eye is always on the goal of the gospel and not on the goal of the person then we are going to lose the person on our path to the gospel. Yeah. If we are, if our goal is on the person, like how can I be a friend to Kathy, whether she ever believes in Jesus right. or not? So babysitting, relationship, a group, that's what drew her mm-hmm. into a space where you were able to, over time, mm-hmm. entertain the ideas that were being presented right. to you. Wait, before you go on. Do you hear what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is important about what she just said? Because you're so funny. He's like, nobody could have disarmed me. Well, but they did. Yeah. They but did. Nobody asked me questions. It no, wasn't like, with should, questions. Yes, and and that, that's why, right. like, yeah. how. Okay, so we've talked about, like, yeah. how we disarm. And we talked a lot about being vulnerable and being humble and being in relationship. That's an element of being in relationship. Mm-hmm. Inviting you into a group that already exists that I have. Inviting you to have a seat at the table. Yeah. I think it's also a testament, like, that might be a testament to the fact that it's, like, 
that y- what you were saying before it's like it's not it's not up to us and like our checklist is not always going to mm-hmm. work because i'm sure the person who invited you to the group was hoping that that day you would have had some revelation right but it wasn't the case yeah so i think it's like that's just like I- if it's like you're just if um, maybe they were feeling discouraged like oh i really wanted her to see what i see and like mm-hmm. but it's like the lord has a plan the lord had a plan for you before she even invited you to that that's right so it's like it's it's a testament to like the humility in like being a disciple and sharing the gospel because it's not gonna be instant exactly i'm, so I'm inviting her and she's just two minutes ago you said how paul defined loved what is the first attribute patient patient mm-hmm. yeah when we love somebody, if we lead with love, that is disarming yeah. and it requires patience. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating when you're like, invite right. her to this thing, like I'm watching her kids, like right. I'm eating Especially her food. Like, you're like right. so far right. out of your comfort zone yeah. to do it like once and you're like, really? Like, yeah. But that's only yeah. if you are focused on the, <laughs> on the person, on your not. goal exactly. right. instead yeah. of being focused on the person. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. gently I would say, if we're focused on our goal, then that's self-involved. Yeah. 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 That's self-involved. That's not Christ involved yeah. because Christ is interested in her as yeah. a person. It's yeah. It's like, I don't want to, you don't want to be focused on like, Oh, I got her to. Yeah, like I, right. I, I, yeah, that's the thing. Right. Yeah, that's that's like, the oh. deadly trap. Yeah. Like yeah. somehow we have notches on our belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is like the belt belongs to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. No notches. No nothing. We didn't do anything. Yeah. We didn't do anything to get ourselves here. Yeah. yeah. How do we think we did something to yeah. get somebody else? Yeah. We can't even keep ourselves in the right mindset the Lord from one minute to the next. Yeah. How do we think the hubris that's behind that? Yeah. The but Lord we got to call it out. The Lord has a plan for every person who is going to become a Christian, regardless of the people in the. Like me asking somebody to come to uh, to church or like like you asking your friend like it's not about like getting them to Christ. It's honestly that also like it is like because God's kind of like God's gonna do what He wants anyways. Yeah. But it's like, but that also will help you grow. That's exactly. Yes. So it's like yeah. that. It's and like the intimacy so it's like, it's like of so with the Lord. Do you want to mm-hmm. be a part of God's plan yeah, in that person's exactly life, or do you want to like? Be too scared. And I almost would even else. dial in a more. Do you want to be part of God's plan in that person's life? And like, also do you want to be in God's will for your life? Yeah, like because, because there's yeah. intimacy there. Yeah. Like what we're doing right yeah, now, there's a blessing gonna, here. Yeah. We yeah. will for sure, because God's word does not return void. There will be people who will be positively impacted by what we're doing and the fact that we're micing it up and, and recording it. But that's not why we're doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. To grow in faith ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And that's the mindset that it's a, such an ugly trap to fall into, like, oh, Trying well, to, like, you know, I brought three people, people to right, youth yeah. group, or I brought two, six people yeah. to church, or that person started coming to church because I brought her. And now or look at she's, like, she's right, a deacon yeah. now. The like, I'm responsible for that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? God's responsible yeah. for that. Yeah, the better way to think about it is like, Instead of, oh, I got six people to come. It's like, I was, the Lord blessed me six times yes. yeah. to be able to have that experience. An opportunity yeah. to yeah. share yeah. yeah that I didn't screw up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to pause. Yeah. That was, that's an important component. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that is a way that other identity groups do better than we do. They invite, they invite, yeah. they yeah. create community. Yeah. yeah. And we don't do that well. Um, Greg and I have been convicted lately about like really like creating community in our church and being like, Hey, let's invite people over to 
our house from the church and like the young families, let's have mm-hmm. them come over and, and like, let's do an intergenerational, like let's yeah, figure out ways. Church to school community. Is like really, really like yeah. Hammered into and then if stuff. I have a community, then I can invite my neighbors. So yeah, you it's know, like we less neighbor- awkward. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. like inviting someone like to like hang out with like your family mm-hmm. and your friends at home. Even if like most of the people there are like from church. Yeah. Is not as like a big step out of that person's comfort zone as like being like, come on a retreat with yeah, me. Oh, yeah. Like that, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. anything like, you yeah. can do to like lubricate that social situation. Yeah, yeah. Food is a big one. Yep. Yeah. We use the pool. We have a pool. We use yeah. the pool a lot. Yeah, like if you're someone who has kids, swim. we're like, bring your kids over to the pool. That's so yeah. attractive. Yeah. Like yeah. you were saying, like, oh, babysitting. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And so, or um, there have been times where we're like, do you. Do your kids need to learn how to swim? We'll yeah. we'll help you teach your kids how to swim. Like whatever the practical thing yeah. is that can give you an avenue into somebody's life and and invite them into closer relationship and community with you and your mm-hmm. community of faith. That's a really important way of disarming. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't verbal; it was actionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep going. I went to one group. It wasn't for me. And then I went to a second group because I knew that I needed the food and babysitting. And so I went and got, because I was a stay-at-home mom too. So my kids didn't go to babysitting. They, they, so one hour on a Friday was amazing. And so I wound up going to a second group. And when I went to the second group, they just were just regular, right? They weren't throwing the Bible at me. And so, because I always tell the story, like, when you first get your paperwork, and they're like, what church are you going to? I'm like, I don't go to church. Like, in all caps, you know? Like, I wanted to make sure that everybody (laughs) knew that I didn't go to church, and so that you can't really convert me. And so, when I went here, I don't want to say it wasn't the primary focus, because it was, but it was relational was more the primary right. focus, yep. right? So when I went in, they would talk to me about making food or about my kids mm-hmm. or about what they did with their husbands on the weekends or, you know, so that was a lot of the relational just thing. felt like you said regular. Right. It just felt it like did. people. It just felt like people. It didn't feel like somebody like shoving something too. down your yeah. throat. Like yeah. Jesus was so like relational. He was always like, because he wasn't just some like teacher that people just like followed around. Like he had like friends. Yeah. Like even with like Mary and Lazarus and stuff. Like they were just like his friends. Like yeah. that he just like. And that's kind of like all we know about them is that they were just people that he loved. That he like. Because like Lazarus like wasn't like one of his like disciples, yeah. but like he wept when he died because they were just like buddies. Like and he had friends. And Jesus like, offered yeah. practical help. Yeah. Like he did healing, he did he he invited Zacchaeus to come yeah, like, like to just come like into relation like, like d- practical, yeah. uh, human to human ways of connecting. So I would know? say the most subtle thing, and it's subtle, not subtle, but um, a lot of it was just through the attitudes of the people that were there, right? So the people who would get up, get up and speak were usually people in the group, and they would get up and speak, and it just was so their testimony about how God worked in their life was just very comforting to me. And it was the opposite of anything that I had experienced mm. growing up around church people, mm. right? Like I always felt judged by church people and this was just a different, wow. they didn't judge me. And yeah. I, I'm sure there were judgmental people. We were in a group of like 50 people. I'm sure there were, but for the most part, what I heard was just very, they just loved God. Mm. And they just talked about how their love for God changed aspects of their life. Mm. And it was 
extremely good for me to recognize. And so it was just, a, it was a very slow progression. I was in there for years. So it was a very slow progression, probably five years. And so you're saying that their vulnerability mm-hmm. and transparency about their own brokenness yeah. was disarming. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get up and say like, just, you know, if anyone's in this room and they don't believe you, you're, you're going to hell. Yeah. I don't know how I would have responded to that. Yeah. Nail's a believer. I'm like, okay, now I need that. Cause yeah. I need to remember mm-hmm. that there is truth to mm-hmm. that. And for people that I love and, so, but when I was in this, this community, I needed to be loved. Yeah. Perfect. This program is produced by Study With Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.